I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Richfield Golf Show podcast, episode 185. I'm your host. <laughs> nice, go on. Go it, freestyle uh, it. Rick, Rick Shields. Correct. I've got actually notes today that I'm reading off, so I don't forget anything. My name is Rick Shields, and I am happy to welcome you all today. Well done. Thank you. 185 episodes, and that's a, that's a standard we're at. <laughs> Guy, welcome. Thanks. Welcome to you too. Two days in a row. You've worn shorts. I have because it is summer. It is. In it, a way. Honestly, the weather here in the UK at the moment has been sensational. Today, however, you've made a bad call. I have. I've come in my hot. underpants today. <laughs> I could be sat in my underpants now. No one would know. Well, you would know, um, but the listeners and the viewers wouldn't know if I was in my underpants. Yep. Do you think I wear wire fronts or boxers? Let's not get into this conversation (laughs) because I already know. Um, Right. So (laughs) uh, we've got an action-packed episode today. We're actually going to kick things off with a little bit of controversial news and updates. Are we going straight in? I think so. Straight in for the jugular. Okay, very good. Well, yeah, you're right. Today's show is action-packed and I'm almost a bit worried about it being so action-packed because you have brought notes, you've scribbled it down, you have a phone, you have an iPad, you have a laptop, but yet you're still a fan of the old-fashioned pen and paper, I can see. I'm a huge fan of it, yeah. Mm. So I've made some notes today because I've been doing a little bit of uh, a little bit of thinking, a little okay. bit of research. Well, this this all stems, we'll get to the, this is what the podcast is probably titled anyway, This let's get to the, to the nooks and crannies of it. The Ryder Cup could potentially be flawed, finished over not the event it once was and should be now this feels like it was inevitable news Mm. to be honest since live um got announced there was obviously lots of talk about live players not being eligible to play them slipping down the world rankings and not earning enough points it has now been confirmed that if all of, of the players that have resigned their membership from dp um, World Tour, which is a lot of players now, mm. they are not eligible to be not only qualified, not even be captain's picks. Well, what's really interesting on that as well is that that's the fact, obviously, but also John Rahm has come out um, and he has said quite simply, the contest, the Ryder Cup, should be the best Europeans versus the best Americans regardless of live. Um, he was sad he is sad. 
he would not be able to renew his partnership with his fellow Spaniard, Sergio Garcia. Uh, obviously, Garcia, like you say, is ineligible now because he has resigned from the European uh, DP World Tour after joining Liv. And Ram has then said, it's sad that politics has got in the way of such a beautiful event. Garcia is Europe's all-time record point scorer. Um, and he went unbeaten in the three matches he played with Ram in the 2021 Ryder Cup. You know what makes me most sad about all this? Genuinely. Actually sad. Genuinely sad. Go on. And I, I, it dawned on me as soon as a lot of these legends of the game moved to live. Because it was inevitable. And, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong. It's just the facts of what's happening soon as they decided to move to live, they were never going to be picked for the radical, let's be honest. And, and they probably, they knew that. Mm-hmm. But what made me more sad is we'll never see Sergio Garcia be captain of Ryder Cup, mm-hmm. of European Ryder Cup. Correct. We'll never see Ian Poulter be a captain of Ryder Cup team or Lee Westwood. Henrik Stenson <laughs> yeah. famously should have been the captain for this very year's Ryder Cup and he had to resign and hand it over to Luke Donald. I think, yeah, there's a couple of, well, there's, there's many, many thoughts on this. And as always, I'm sure our listeners and viewers will want to chip in as well. So in the comment section below or emails, whatever you want to do, you know, feel free to get involved. But there's two ways. First, my first port of call on this is, well, if you joined that tour, knowing that there was a good chance you would not be able to play in the Ryder Cup again, you've made your bed, so lay in it. That's fair, I think, isn't it? So, I think that's very fair. H- Henrik Stenson knew that joining Liv for a squillion pounds Euros, whatever, would mean there was a good chance he'd lose his captaincy and he was willing to take that risk. And he did it. And he's now not, what are you laughing at? <laughs> what are you laughing at? I like the fact you corrected yourself from a squillion pounds to a squillion euros. Correct. Because <laughs> a squillion is the correct amount, but the currency wasn't. That <laughs> <laughs> really made me laugh. Um, yeah, you, but they, they knew that. They must have, when they, when they had all of the pros and cons laid down on a table yeah, and they were to write down all of the pros that they, they can live by that they have to, they have to completely be happy with the pros being obviously the money, the extra free time with family, the less events, um, you know, all of these things that are on the pro side, it's got to balance that enough, the money. Yeah. The negatives have to be, you, you know, that you are not at least a, very, very high risk at that point in time, you are not going to be a Ryder Cup player anymore. You are not going to be a Ryder Cup captain anymore. You cannot have your cake, Rick, and eat it. No, no. You've tried many a time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, However, so, but that's that's definitely my school of thought. I think you would agree with that. And I think most people think that's fair. Maybe not fair, but that's a fair uh, way of thinking. However, then on the flip side of that, when you actually look at the live roster now, of which guys you'd actually want in the Ryder Cup European. Obviously, against Stenson, there's lots Don't of captaincy. My, no, I won't. I won't. I won't. But there's probably not loads who would get straight into the team. Anyway, but, 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 but let's just say Liv keeps going, right? And it keeps um, progressing and it keeps getting money invested and they keep signing up elite players, the best players in the world. There will become a time, we see it a little bit on the US to some degree with Kepka, but there will be a time maybe, where some of the best European players are on the PJ Tour and also on Live, And then if that literally means then you cannot have some of those Live 
Europeans in the Ryder Cup team. The European team won't be as strong. The event then does become a bit wishy-washy, doesn't it? Now, yeah, it does. It, it, it does feel like it's lost a bit of sparkle. There's lots of rumours around, actually, should the Ryder Cup now be PJ Tour versus Liv, mm-hmm. which it's never going to be, obviously. <laughs> but, I mean... I'm not saying that that's not a bad idea as a, as a separate event throughout the year, PJ players versus live. I think it, the only problem with that, I think a lot of people want to see it. It would only separate the divide even more. Yeah. Like you are then going to probably need to pick a side, properly pick a side. Um, what's interesting here though, the USA haven't gone with the same tactic. No. To qualify for the Europe for the USA Ryder Cup team is different qualifications that is for European team. Okay. So currently, right now, Brooks Kepka, who is a live player who has just won the PGA Championship, he is one hundred percent eligible and he is qualifying, and I think he will qualify for the Ryder Cup. He's currently a number two spot on the ranking behind Scotty. So the only real way that live players from the USA can actually get into the Ryder Cup team is if they pretty much win a major yeah. tournament this year. Which, I guess, is fair to some degree at the moment because that's what, again, they knew when they signed up. So Kepka knew when he signed up that would be the only way you'd get in the Ryder Cup. Well, fair dues. But what we're saying then, if I'm correct, is even if Sergio wins the Open, let's just say, he still, no matter what points he gets, would not have any way of getting in the Ryder no, Cup. Wow. No. Um what is also an interesting take, and I'll come on to this in a minute, Zach Johnson can also captain's pick live players. Okay. So so for him, he's got more options to be able to play with. He can get DJ if he wants him. Yes. Wow. Now, what's going to be very interesting, and we time will tell, will Brooks actually want to play in the Ryder Cup? Yes. You think he will? I think he will. And I actually think that Greg Norman and the live guys would massively push him to do so. Because if he plays in, because I, I think that although live was definitely set up to rival the, the PJ tour and, and be bigger than, and potentially even better than that was their objective. I do think they, to some degree want to want to exist with the PJ tour. I, I would slightly go against that statement. I, I think they wanted to kind of coincide I don't think they wanted this massive like breakaway yeah. tour. Because if you remember, very, very early conversations were, how can this actually work together? How can this almost be an elevated Super League type tour? Mm. Um, unfortunately, like I said, that never happened. And therefore, you're right, Live Dead had to be probably more aggressive with their strategy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very interesting uh, time. And I love the Ryder Cup. I think it's one of the, the best sporting events, not even just golf events, one of the best sporting events that happen every two years, Europe, USA, Europe, USA. Um, I've, I've put my shoe, I've put my feet <laughs> in Luke Donald's. I'm going to go size nine. Oh no, I was going to go size eight. Oh, okay. Size eight golf shoes. Yeah. Okay. Squeeze my feet. Does in. he wear echo though? I don't, I don't think, think he does. He does so, so they'd be very uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. I've picked a Ryder Cup team. Okay. So uh, this is the team currently from the players that I'm allowed to pick from. This is the current team I'm taking. So no live guys. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got, okay. a, I've got another An list. Okay, okay. So let's say your team. So quite obvious, John Rahm. Nice. Number one pick. Yeah. 
Roy McIlroy. Yeah. Victor Perez. Yes. Shane Lowry. Yes. Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah. I've then thrown in a Rob McIntyre. Okay. Okay. So I, th- I think he's a gritty player. Right. Okay. These are now starting to get into captain's picks. I think Tyrrell would qualify. Tyrrell Hatton. Yeah. Victor Hovland. Yeah. Matt Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Seamus Power. Right. Nice. Doesn't feel like we've seen a great deal of him in Europe at all. No. He's very much PJ player. Tour. Yeah. But he's now got a DP World Tour card, hasn't mm-hmm. he, as I think well? because he wants to play Ryder Cup. Um, Justin Rose. Nice. And Danny Willett. Danny Willett. And the reason why I've thrown in, certainly Justin, Danny Willett, that experience, mm-hmm. I feel like you need that experience because, you know, obviously John Rahm's experience, Rory McIlroy is, Victor Perez isn't, Shane Lowry is, Tommy Fleetwood is, Rob, Rob McIntyre isn't. There's, there's actually quite a decent amount of experienced players in there. If I could choose live players, I'd actually only swap two players. Okay. Who are you going to swap? I'm going to take out Seamus Power for Ian Poulter. Wow. The postman. All this jazz. Yep. It, it does sadden me that we won't actually ever see an Ian Poulter Ryder Cup captain. Imagine that. Like it actually genuinely saddens me. I think he would have been the the, one of the best captains ever because mm-hmm. he has the passion and the, and the pride that he had when he, when he played Ryder Cup is a different animal. Absolutely. You would fancy him against anyone in a Ryder Cup match. If he, I know it's hard to say, but if he, if he, if he was to kind of bottle that type of golf that he plays in Ryder Cup and apply it to the majors, he would be a multiple major champion right mm-hmm. now. Okay. I would then take out Danny Willett or Sergio Garcia. I don't think right now, I think he's got one more. This would be his last one. One more Ryder Cup in him. He is the most decorated Ryder Cup player ever. His partnership. Imagine him and John Rahm. Mm. Oh. That's obviously why Rahm is so gutted that he's not going to be there. I can, I can just see that. So there's my pick with players that are eligible and then I've thrown in a couple of wild card live players. Yeah. Don't think I've massively missed anyone out there. You get a phone call tomorrow and it's the Ryder Cup board committee, whatever, and they say Rick was struggling. Do you want to be captain? No, (laughs) even higher. (laughs) Need a new chairman, CEO, big boss man, whatever that looks like. Would you allow live players to play? You would. I would take more the stance that the majors have taken. I think the majors have done a really good job. I think the majors have done a really solid job in saying, if you are eligible to qualify, you can play. Yes. But what happens though when the players do start to slip down the world rankings and then they can't qualify? Yeah, it'll be on previous. Yeah. They'll they'll have to keep competing well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Gotta do well in the majors to earn your place. Then, wild card picks for USA. Okay. Okay. So I'm now Zach Johnson. Okay. I reckon he's, he's actually, I think he's a size seven. Potentially, yeah. I think he's one one shoe size less than Luke Donald. Okay. Okay. And these are UK sizes, just to clarify. <laughs> you can't, for me, in this modern day, you cannot have a Ryder Cup without Bryson DeChambeau. Right. I, I just think, regardless of his form, imagine having him on your team in foursomes, in individual match play. Imagine like Bryson playing against 
who's they're all pretty long these days, aren't they? I'd actually like to see Bryson versus Rory. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a, of a player that Bryson would intimidate. I mean, he'd probably intimidate Poulter. I think. If Poulter was playing just because of his length. I think Poulter would like me the underdog. Yeah, you're he'd, right. He'd get scrappy. You have to pick Dustin Johnson. Yes. If he's that Johnson. No, you know what I mean? You have to. Yep. Again, he's experience. still, in my opinion, one of the best players in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Isn't he? Yeah. And then, this is a real wild card. But well, I think you can't have a Ryder Cup with this player. With this, without this player? Without this player. Go on. Philip Mickelson. Imagine Phil. Imagine well, Phil. Imagine he, Phil but, versus Rory. Oh, come on. But these guys could qualify still. They can still be picked. Right, okay, yeah, cool. Th- these players can still play. We might still see Mickelson playing at the Ryder Cup. Well, surely as well, if, if Europe aren't going to be picking live players and America are, that is going to give America more picks, more freedom of choice, a stronger team potentially going forward. Well, already, when you actually look at the golf world rankings, it is decorated in stars and stripes, mm. like really heavily. You know, a lot, a lot of the top 20, 50 players in the world have a USA flag. So to finish this debate then, do you think in its current situation moving forward, the Ryder Cup is going to be a little bit flawed and is in danger? I think it'll still be a good spectacle. Mm-hmm. And I still think it'll be a great sporting event because Ryder Cups just are. When, when I've actually written genuinely on, on paper that team down from the U, from the Europe, it's not as weak as I was expecting it mm-hmm. to be. Even even just me kind of just writing those 12 names down. You know, you've got a, you've got some unbelievable players in Correct. there. You really have. You just look at strength in numbers for the USA and they have really, really got an amazing team. And that's it. It's just a case of where Liv gets to as well. If, like I said, if in three or four years, if Liv's still going and they've got some great European players who could break through or whatever it looks like and they can't go on to play in the Ryder Cup, that's when it could get difficult. Let's just say Sam Horsfield just goes on a massive charge, does well in the Open, does well in the Majors, wins other live events, etc., and then can't play for Europe in the Ryder Cup. That would be a disadvantage. Yeah, no, I agree. Good. Like, oh, that was a good debate. Yeah. Hopefully we got all our facts right. <laughs> I think <laughs> no we No way. No uh, way. Um, yeah, that, uh, please, Ryder Cup, let, let, let them still be captains at least. Would you play for the Ryder, if the Ryder Cup, um, you get, because you'll be going this year, I imagine. Yeah. So you're at the Ryder Cup. Um, and Matt Fitzpatrick suddenly gets a, um, stomach, stomach bug. bug. Yeah. And he, and he can't play. And, and they, they, go, they didn't bring the 13th no, player. They didn't, and they go, oh, we need Rick Shields to play. Would you, if we live in a world where I ever am even <laughs> remotely considered for cleaning the shoes, <laughs> Of the Ryder Cup players, something is wrong. Yes. <laughs> yes, I agree. Anyway, in other news, um, we have seen some images these last few days of some very, 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 that's three verys, good looking golf clubs. I'm going to go one more descriptive word. One. Sexy. Oh, this is a family show, Rick. I think these are sexy. They are indeed. Clubs. So Titleist have just started to seed the new irons to Tor Pro. So Titleist have, <laughs> are you laughing at? 
should sexy and seed be in the same conversation your on mind, the family show? Your mind. Anyway. Um, so titles have a different way to a lot of other manufacturers in a sense that a tailor-made, for example, when they bring out new product, it's typically completely under wraps. Then they announce it and the players start using it. Or you might see it like a little rumoured image occasionally, but not really. What titles do is they build it, they manufacture it, they can give it to the tour pros. They then start to find out which set of irons they want to use for the season or for the following seasons or whatever. And then a few months later, they're out to buy. So these irons, which are Titleist T100, which is a, a, the third iteration now of the T100, the T150, which we believe is a, basically a new version of the T100S, T200 and a T350. We'll put some images on screen if you're watching. They look insane. They will be out to buy, I would imagine, around October, November time. But on first looks, they just look so clean. They do. When you... The very, very first images I saw were like almost computer-rendered images. Right. And sometimes you never quite believe how they're going to look. Yes. You know, I've actually now seen in-hand photos of those irons. And from, I mean, I'm, we're both currently using the T100s. Yeah. That new T100 looks slimmer, mm-hmm. looks more sleek, looks, again, sexier <laughs> than the set we've currently got. I would say the set we've currently got looks much more like the T150. Yeah. Um, uh, the T200 and the T350, more hollow-headed designs, bigger-headed. Um, I always feel like they're great for longer irons, just as you start to get, you, you know, maybe a com- combo set. Of the a little T350s. bit of your phone. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm getting a lot of messages. Might be your phone. Like a ridiculous amount. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think as well, the what Titleist, you know, they had a... Uh, what? As the Ryder Cup people. Luke Donald. Of course it is. Of course it is. Can get like, my shoes. Why size eight why back. Did, I just think. Of <laughs> <laughs> course um, it's Luke Donald. Yeah, Titleist were, were for many years known. They had his slogan as uh, serious clubs for serious golfers, which I think actually alienated a lot of people who were maybe mid to high handicappers if like Titleist were too good for them. So now these models like the 350, T350, it's designed to get that kind of maybe that higher handicapper into Titleist irons, whereas normally they might go Callaway or Ping or whatever. But yeah, it looks a great lineup. I do. I must admit, we have to obviously remain impartial for all the brands and we test stuff and the review channel again. I say a lot is coming very soon. Um, but I do like the way types go about things. Like I think the way they bring stuff to market, the way they market things, the way the products look, they do do a lot of good stuff. I would say they're certainly not as um, what's the right descriptive word? Kind of as arrogance probably the wrong word as not as gimmicky is it in a way yeah confident not confident that's the wrong word again but you know when TaylorMade bring out a product the world knows about mm-hmm. it because they really go hell for leather on promoting it similar to Callaway Titleist and Ping are much more subtle in yeah. their launches they they I'd like to say they let their product speak for them rather than the advertising claims. And I think what I really like as well, it's not, when when a brand keeps a model number, so there's a new, I was just saying, two, T100 coming out. You've got the ones that are current model and I've actually got the ones that are the older model again. But yet mine don't feel really old no. because they're still T100s. Whereas if they were called different names every couple of years, they start to feel older. Obviously, when you when you call a club the same as the previous year or previous generation, there's that risk that it's not quite as exciting or whatever. But I think actually it, it almost builds a real strong franchise where people know which the irons are, who they're suited for. And I, yeah, I think I'm very excited to see them in your hands, potentially. I I think what I, what 
hopefully Titleist is going to do with these because you, you want to start to grow these kind of mini franchises yes. within within the brand. So famously, Titleist had the AP1s, AP2s, and they did brilliantly. Mm-hmm. And when they moved away from AP1 and 2s into T's, 100 and t200 there was a bit of like whoa this is a bit different but also a lot of excitement came with it as well yeah that, that were like oh my god it's something different mm-hmm. i would like to see certainly titleist do this kind of mini franchises every maybe three or four iterations yeah to run this for three years or four years four versions of it and then go right that's that little family we, we built a mi- bit of a mini franchise everyone knew what they were but actually, let's make it fresh. Let's make it different. Let's step it up and let's call it something different, mm. you know, again. Just so, I don't know, because you've got to spark interest. For people yeah. to try irons, you've got to spark a level of interest. I think and- that's the thing, though, where, like, franchises are so important. Because if you think about it now, you've got, um, Titleist have Vokey wedges. They have Scotty Cameron putters. They've got the T-irons, which we all now kind of know of. You know, even TaylorMade have the P-series iron. They have Spider putter. And that's one place where like Ping and, and, and have kind of lost a little bit with their putters. Ping were a putter brand. They were the best putters in golf. They were obviously, Scotty Cameron was very heavily influenced by the Ping answer. And there's been some great Ping putters down the years. But in terms of sales now, Ping putters aren't as high as they once were. And I think that's because as a brand, they haven't really built in the last few years a kind of a franchise. And I think that's what they're trying to do now, this PLD line that are like the kind of version of a Scotty Cameron, the real premium expensive ones. But if someone said to you, what putter have you got? You'd say, I've got a Scotty, I've got a Spider. You don't even say the brand, but with Ping, you would say I've got a Ping. They've not got a franchise. I think that's something that they're missing big time. I would say the last time that Ping had a real, obviously popular putter was the Ping Crazy. Yes, correct. Like that. And I, and I think the, if they went down the PLD line, which is this kind of competing with Scotty Cameron, actually that's the wrong place to go to try and really push putters in people's hands. Mm-hmm. Like Too you, expensive. You need a putter like a two ball. Yeah or a crazy, or, or a spider, yeah. where it's not breaking the bank, yeah. but they're all kind of a bit eye-catching, a bit people, oh, what's that putter you use now? It's a crazy, oh, let me have a look. Yeah. But they, they managed to stick. It's very hard to do. I'm not saying that this, this is an easy task. I agree. Um, but certainly the popularity of, of like the two ball, and, and it, it it wasn't Odyssey anymore. No, it was its own thing, wasn't it? Yeah. I so agree. It'd be interesting to see how they go. It is an interesting one. I like Jamie Carragher then. Here's <laughs> <laughs> an interesting one. Um, what's happened to Cobra? What's happened to Cobra? I just feel like a bit uh, with them. Okay, elaborate. Like, I don't feel like their driver this year has revolutionised things. Okay, or changed massively. I feel like they gained an awful lot of traction in the driver market with F9. Yes. Ever since that, I just feel like they've kind of dropped away a little bit. And I feel like now, it'd be back in 2019, it wasn't strange to see a Cobra driver in the bag. Mm-hmm. I'd actually now, if I went out to the golf course, I'd actually find it slightly weird again that someone would have a Cobra driver in the bag. How, so we meet on the first tee. Hi, I'm Roger. Roger. Todger. <laughs> nice to meet you. Um, all right, I'm playing a tightest one golf ball. Get my driver. <sighs> Driver's out now. You just did it. No, it's out. My driver's out. All right, hi. Nice driver, Roger. Okay. I think it's weird, my driver. Anything (laughs) weird about my driver? No, it's not there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, you've got a Cobra. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I like it. Why? I did well at the range. We got fit in. All right. 
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) But like, genuinely, and this sounds ridiculous, like really ridiculous. Go on. I've just had to go back on the YouTube channel. See what it's called. To even remember its name. Aerojet. Yeah. Is it Aerojet? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's what I mean. Yeah. Doesn't, it just feels like it's just lost the a bit. The new irons look good though. Exactly. Like, do these brands, when they've almost got a really successful product, a driver, then go, oh crap, what about our wedges and our, and our irons? And Oh yeah, yeah, forgot about those. Right. Pivot into irons, right? Irons, irons, irons. Our driver's gone. It's like a game of spinning plates. It's like golf, though, in general. You, your driving goes well and your putting suffers. Your putter gets better. Your driving <laughs> suffers. It's hard. <laughs> That's what brands are like. Yeah. It's hard to do everything well. There's a couple of brands who who do. But, yeah, it's. I think I'd almost prefer it if some brands didn't do certain things. It's like if Mizuno were just an iron brand. I think I'd respect it so much more. But like the, the drivers, they're obviously, they are good, but they're not like, I don't know. And then the balls again are all right. And they must, must sell them or else, otherwise they wouldn't produce them. But if Mizuno were just an iron brand, they bet to be seen as so much mm. better. Yeah, I'd agree. But, uh, speaking of equipment though, Zach Nolan has asked us on Facebook, how is your transition to the Pro One X going? I trialed it for a period of time. I have now reverted back. Normal Pro V1. Correct. Do you think you'll ever leave Pro V1? Let me explain why I, why I converted back. So reason why I converted in the first place is typically I, I find I don't 
struggle um, with anything really. To be honest with you, I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good all round player. You don't struggle to three putt. I don't struggle to three putt. Oh. I don't struggle to miss a green with a wedge. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. I'm getting better at that though. Yeah. 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 I think I played, it's going to come out in a video soon. I think I played one of the most special shots I've ever played on camera yesterday. Yesterday was a weird day filming. Yes. We filmed the new video that will be out in a few well, weeks. Well, let's give a little bit of insight behind that video as to why you played so well. What was the reason why you shot such a good score? I'm not, I haven't even said about the score yet. Oh, okay. So that how, how it was very bizarre. Oh, okay. These shots that we hit. You did hit some. I hit on you, that you hit round. Some, yeah. Really, really, really bizarre. Some insane putts i think i've never putted as good in my life i'd agree as i did yesterday if you actually worked out the distance of putts hole oh, being scary scary like football fields yep of putts i Five held yesterday yeah yeah foosball table <laughs> <laughs> i i genuinely hold so many putts yesterday it was ridiculous in spells i drove the golf ball like a tour pro yeah in spells in other spells I couldn't keep the ball on the planet. You know, when you put well, that's the only sound that can stop your putter next week. That's the kind of thing you do. <laughs> I'm putting it out the minutes. I want a new putter. I actually feel like I've been putting pretty well. Yeah, you've rolled like, it Genuinely nice. really well. Um, where was I going with this story? Um, Probably 1X. Probably 1X. I found it too hard off the wedges and putter. Mm. Even, and I didn't feel like I gained any spin. No. So to be honest though, the times I actually did play Pro V1X... I actually did actually play really well. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. So, so don't use it anymore. Oh yeah. Why don't I do it? Maybe I need to give it another trial. The red number looks weird. You're not used to it. You're a black number guy for so long. Yeah. You're probably right. So yeah, so put, there's a video coming out in a few weeks. I played my home golf course. Marriott Worthy Park. And it was in, it was in great condition. Insane condition. And there's been actually a lot of comments and a little plug here for the Facebook group, the podcast Facebook group. There's been a lot of podcast Facebook, excuse me, podcast Facebook group members yep. going and getting the round of golf at the Marriott Worcester Park. And the feedback has been very, very, very positive. Good. In in 90% of the comments I've seen. Yeah. I think the 10% of comments I've seen negative I've probably played at the wrong time of year. Mm-hmm. In the winter, winter, it can get wet, but in the summer, it's a phenomenal golf course. What I like, I said this yesterday when we were filming there, what I like about the Marriott is a lot of things. Staff are brilliant, etc. But when we go in April through to kind of September, you know what you're going to get. I don't think we've ever been there and gone, the greens aren't very good today. They're always nice. That tee box is a nice, nice layout. It's a good track. Yeah, it's really good. Shout so, out to the Marriott. Did a video, which I've genuinely wanted to do for years, probably ever since I was a kid, this idea that if I could take shots again, mm. if I had a secret time traveling machine, mm-hmm. which we have now invested in. Correct. So we can go back two minutes at a time yep. and hit the shot again. Basically put an extra ball in your pocket and do a mulligan. <laughs> so we decided to do a mulligan challenge. It's going to be coming to the channel in the next few weeks. Um, the score was very impressive, even though, yeah, I took mulligans. However, um, it, it played with my psyche a little bit, played with my head a touch because mm-hmm. I felt like I had these mulligans to take. I almost like took them. Do you know what I mean? Like like you, an eight foot putt, you think, well, I can do it again. No, to some degree, certainly after tea, I felt like almost a bit too lethargic, a yeah. bit too, uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. I've got another ball in my pocket. Do you <laughs> that, know what I mean? That'd like, be a good mindset for some people though. 
kept knocking out of bounds though. Yeah, yeah, you did a few actually. times. Yeah, but it felt like you had this kind of like oh, sorry, like a second serve. Yeah, almost. Yes, that's a good way of looking at it. So you kind of, but then the, the pressure on the second serve was quite intense. You yeah, because if you then it's mess 15, that up, well, fifteen, then you're not good at all. Um, but well, on this note, then Ben Parfit uh, as asked on the Facebook group. How is Rick getting on with his short game? That video with Dan Grieve was super incredible and helpful. I thought he was just going to ask, how is Rick? How are you, Rick? How are you yourself? I'm all right, thanks, Ben. Ben or Dan? Ben. Ben Parfit. Yeah. I'm all right, mate. Thanks for asking. Um, yeah, my short game feels like there is light at the end of the tunnel. Definitely. Um, I'm not out of the tunnel yet. No. But there is light at the end of it. Small little window of light. You're deep in the tunnel. Now you kind of... And to some degree, I actually feel like I could actually chip a ball through the light in the end of the tunnel now. If I had enough goes. Yeah. Ten mulligans. <laughs> I do genuinely right now, I think my wedges are wrong for me though. Mm. Like really wrong for me. But you got fitted to those wedges when I got, you weren't chipping well. I got fitted a couple of years ago at Titleist at Woburn. Coincidentally, we're going there in a few weeks. So it's good timing to try these new, get fitted for these new Titleist irons. It's also where Dan is based at Woburn. Um, I've got way too much bounce on my wedges now. I can feel it way more now. Like when I'm trying to do what Dan was, was showing me, um, certainly my 60 degree, which is, and it's a club that I'm now not supposed to use unless it's emergencies only. Emergencies. Uh, must break glass to use this club scenarios. Mm. But I do feel that um, my, just my bounce in general is too high. You've been trailing the Dan Greaves a little bit yeah you're good at short game though I'm, I'm pretty good at chipping um but the certain shots were I, I feel like that method does kind of make sense I don't fully understand it just yet I've dabbled in it a little bit but watching him chip was incredible and, it's, and one thing he said to me that really stuck out I can't I won't do it justice now but he basically said something along the lines of when your technique's good you then mentally get better as well. Yeah. However that was worded, and it makes, I thought that's so obvious, but so true. If your chipping is good and you're actual mechanically are good at chipping, then you're not going to stand over a chip and worry about it, are you? No. That's like, so I thought for you, it was twofold. I thought like for your chipping, it was your technique and your mind. And like with my driving, for example, it would be my technique and my mind. But then equally, if I'm smashing driver well for six months, I'm not going to be worried about it. And if you start chipping well for six months, you're not going to be worried about it. So it, it is as obvious as fixing your technique. Now that you're working on something that seems to have some definite merit to it, you could well get fixed. I've read the book as well. I must admit, after having a lesson with Dan and reading the book, I've slightly overloaded my brain yeah, a touch. So I probably need to have a little catch up with Dan. He actually messaged me yesterday because we were talking about those comments on the video, which by the way, the comments on the video were incredible. Thank yeah. you so much for those who watched the video. Uh, we actually did a couple of those versions Um not of that video, videos like that this year. So I had a lesson off Claude Harmon, full swing one, but I put in lesson off Brad Faxon. I've had a short game lesson off Dan Greaves. I mean, how the hell I'm not getting pitched for the Ryder Cup team is is a mystery to I everyone. I think if you start breaking 75 <laughs> more often at 6,700 yard courses, you might get I, No, I agree. Call. Um, and the first two, Claude and Brad, we actually put on the podcast channel. Yes, on this channel. And we were outrageously surprised how well they did and how people really enjoyed the videos. I think there's something about the the way they were presented in a kind of fly on the wall. I think that's something quite almost therapeutic about watching somebody get a lesson. It wasn't presented, was it? It was no. just kind of delivered. Um, so we put the we put the Dan Greaves one on the main channel because we felt like it kind of deserved, not that 
either the other two didn't deserve more eyeballs, but we had a bit more track history knowing what those style of videos would look like. Um, and, the, and like I said, the comments have been absolutely sensational. So Dan actually messaged me yesterday saying he would also really, really, really like to work on me, with me, on my pitching technique. Right. From 30 to 120 yards. Wow. Now, if I get good from there... I definitely might break eight. You could definitely do. Get your driver in play. <laughs> Gary Lee has also asked on the Facebook group, how long is it acceptable to stop at the halfway house? It's a vibe thing, isn't it? Totally a vibe thing. Can't really time it. If you're, in, if you're in the flow, just just stay there forever. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is though, if you over vibe it, you then don't want to get back up again. And it's like, oh. Yeah, but it depends what vibe you're in. <laughs> if it's a Saturday club championship, it's a pit stop. It's, it's an efficiency. a Formula <laughs> One pit stop. You're fueling up. Water away. Uh, energy bar. Energy bar. None of this sausage roll malarkey. Straight off. Nuts and fruit. And get out there. Don't no. sit down. No. Do not. If you're in the club championship, do not sit down at the halfway house. Correct. I agree. However, if you're vibing. Yep. If you're with your pals. Your free Sherbert's deep. <laughs> the music's blaring. Music's blaring. You're playing a doubles match play, so it doesn't really matter. You stop at the halfway house and you enjoy it. As long as you want. Because there's something very special about halfway houses. I've, I've spoke about this. Was it on the podcast or was it um, on Twitter or something? Um, I was on a plane recently and I own a Stephen friend of oh, the yeah. show. She did a series about the best halfway houses in the world. They're unreal. Yeah. The one in Vegas. That's not about in the podcast. I don't know if you did. The one in Vegas literally has a private chef where you can ask for anything you want. You could have beans on toast. Wow. If you wanted. Now, if you wow. wanted. Well, <laughs> yes, I would. Imagine that's a private chef. Like, what, what do you want, sir? I'm mixing, I want beans on toast with cheese now. Make it quick. <laughs> That'd be you. Um, so the halfway house question it's a total vibe you you read the situation yeah read the room don't hold people up don't be that person who who holds the whole place up let people through and and find a appropriate spot to slip back into the regulation play yes very nice very nice um we've got a dear rick and you've not had one for a a long time so Episode 128 Last one, I'm surprised. Um, and this is where you need to get yourself in the zone. Okay. Give some good feedback. Um, I won't say the name, I don't think. Oh, uh, yeah, I will. It's from Daniel. Hi, Rick. <laughs> I'm not Daniel. <laughs> it's from Daniel. Uh, hi, Rick. Love the podcast and proud to be a member of the clubhouse. So for those of you listening or watching who think, well, what's that mean, the clubhouse? Simple. It means you've watched slash listened to every single solitary Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, of which there are 185 now. Do they have to enjoy every episode? Absolutely not. Okay. Can't enjoy no. it. It's just grit and bury it. <laughs> Get through it. Think of England. <laughs> yeah, there's some trash in the first couple. But that trash is good trash. It's, we've grown from the trash, haven't we? It's nearly three years long now, the podcast. We so it's under four years long. Start this podcast talking about whether you wear Y-fronts or boxes. Yeah, we did. And I wear boxes. Always. Um, that's what people have been waiting for. Correct. Right, that's, that's how we keep the retention. Um, so Daniel has said, I've recently joined a golf club that's close to home and the course is great and it's a, only a five minute drive, etc. It's super convenient. However, I don't know anyone at the club. So trying to get a game with people is tricky. 
what's the best way to meet people at the golf course? Is it just through entering competitions? They don't have a weekly roll-up. The pro said they have a WhatsApp group and he'll pass my number on. I haven't been added yet. And I don't want to keep chasing and feeling like a pest. Any advice would be good. Secondly, I've entered into the medal this week as a fairly mid-14 handicap. I can absolutely shoot better some holes, but I still have a couple of blow-up holes, which is why normally I lean towards a Stableford comp. Any advice on playing in a medal stroke play, which can be more punishing? Keep up the great work. Please don't use my name as well. Okay, well, I've said Daniel now, but it could be any Daniel. It could be Danielle. Sorry, Daniel. <laughs> Didn't use his surname. No. And you know what? If you're not willing to put your name out there, how are you going to find new people to play with? Correct. So maybe he sh- we should say his full name <laughs> so that the people at the golf club will know that Daniel is looking for a tea time at the golf course. Again, yeah. we could we could shout out the golf course. And the too. pro will go, all you had to do was ask me to play with somebody. You'd have to email a golf podcast. <laughs> and you could have had someone to play with. No, it's a good question. And um, it can be. I-, I joined a new golf club a couple of years ago, only there for a couple of years. Um, and it can be quite daunting when no one you don't know anyone, and I, I th- and it's not anyone's fault. Golf clubs can be quite clicky, correct? But, it, but like I say, it's not anyone's fault. You just if you're a member of a golf club and you go in at weekends and you have a group of people you play golf with, you typically then play with that same group the following week and the following week. And trying to bring new people into that is quite a challenge. Um, I think he's answered his own question. He's playing comps. I, I, well, he said, is it, is there only the way of playing in comps? Pretty much. Sit in the bar. <clears throat> Sit in the bar. Be around. Yeah. Speak to people. Knockouts. Knock people out. People may all knock you out. <laughs> Single knockouts. Yeah. Double knockouts are good to enter. Who's going to join the double knockout with? He <laughs> <laughs> just hits two balls. <laughs> He's an imaginary friend. <laughs> he puts on the two sheet uh yeah. daniel and uh, rick, rick shields <laughs> rick shields is going to join me today um oh yeah good, yeah, yeah it has been a while point. since you did the day rick so you're not the sharpest um what else could you do the big one is play comps book with random people get a vibe some weeks it might be some nice people other people it might other weeks it might not be the best people. I think there's a couple of things in his favour here. He's got the perfect handicap at 14. Yes. Because if he's off 14 and he gets paired with a couple of guys who are 25 or whatever, 25 handicap, they're not going to be massively intimidated by him. So he's like, oh yeah, he's good. He's off 14, but he's not, you know, he's not scratch. If he does get paired with a scratch and two handicapper, he's off 14. He's not a bad golfer. He can get it round mid 80s, kind of comfortable. So it's kind of a nice handicap to be at. He's in the clubhouse, so he's clued up on golf to some degree. I'd like to think he takes a little bit of Rick Shields, his Ryder Cup thoughts here. He knows about the new Charlie Stallions, blah, blah, blah. So he's got good patter. He's got good chat. Got good chat. He gets paired of the guys into his gear. He can talk about equipment if he needs to. He can talk about Rick Shields. He can talk about um, the Pro V1X. He could. How, it, how it's a bit clickier. And- a bit clickier. Um, he lives near the golf course. It's five minutes away. So he could just go and hang around on an evening. He could say to the pro, if anybody doesn't turn up, I'm only five minutes away. Yeah. Give us a bell. I'll be there straight away. Yeah. Maybe even put your phone number on the first tee. <laughs> just stand on the first tee. Someone didn't turn up, call Daniel. Yeah. Should we give his number out? Yeah. 
Oh, seven. <laughs> and, um, I think comps. I think roundabout way, play a few comps. Maybe have a drink after the comp. Could be a cordial. Doesn't have to be a pint of alcohol. Yeah. yeah. Um, you just got to be around, haven't be you? Be around, get to know people. And once you start to know one or two people, you you know everyone, don't you? Yeah. And then next, and the, the thing is, what if people find out you emailed us for advice? Will that be frowned upon? Really cool. You got a shout you got, you, you got you. I think that's how he starts the conversation. Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel from the Richards <laughs> podcast. I had, I had the Dear Ricky episode 185. Correct. Nice to meet you. Do you want one more Dear Rick while you're on a roll with that? Was I on a roll? Not really, but it's it's from a a female listener, which I always like to give some light to. We obviously have a very heavy male demographic. So when we do have female listeners and viewers, I like to um, shout about it. I like to encourage more women to listen and watch. 100%. So... This is from Jessica. Um, I'm 28 years old and started playing golf three or four weeks ago. Wow. She's gone straight into email us three or four weeks in. So it's pretty impressive. I, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, I've been spending a lot of time at the range and played a few par three courses and I'm addicted. Love it. Great news. However, I played nine holes with my partner at Northern Golf Course and I could barely get round the course. I think it slightly put me off wanting to go and play a nine slash 18 hole course. I instantly felt very overwhelmed with the difference between this course and a par three course. Uh, while playing the par three courses, I've shot some decent scores, but I'm scared of playing a hole when I can't even see the flag. I know that I'm a beginner and that's okay. I'm still learning but how can I get over those nerves and the fears of playing a proper course? I think it stems from not wanting to keep um, other players up, so be slow. Uh, my partner is a serious golfer and plays with a very low handicap. Uh, I don't want to slow anyone down that I'm playing with. They'll be behind me. Uh, but I want to play and learn and get better. Cheers, Jess. I think this is very easy, Jess. First off, welcome to golf. Welcome. Thank you for listening to the podcast and also thank you for emailing in. Um, sounds like a radio station. <laughs> Thanks That's for ringing call. in, Jessica. Um, par threes into a, a full golf course can be daunting. There's lots going on. There's much more hazards. It's longer, etc. I think you've got a couple of easy ways to do this. Number one, it's great that you've got a partner that also plays golf. Mm-hmm. So to be able to go with them and allow them to even hit the tee shot, they could hit the tee shot and then you could play the shots from there. Or, or play alternate shots, alternate shots. I love that format when you're brand new to golf because it's less daunting. You feel like you're playing as a team. You're not holding anyone up. Just to get your, get your kind of legs, really, just to understand what it's like to play a full 18 holes or nine hole golf course. That's one route. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you starting from 150 yards nice. to start things off. So make every hole a par three. Mm. So you're still experiencing the big golf course. That's a good idea. But you, 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 tee a ball up at 150 yards and play par threes get comfortable with that mm-hmm. and then go back to 175 yards go back to 200 yards because you mentioned in there that you're kind of scared about when you don't see the flag or you start to get a bit worried when you don't see the flag well take that out of the equation you can always see the flag from 150 yards nice um and then kind of just slowly but surely you know crawl walk run at the moment you're in crawling stage Get used to the golf course. Get used to the surroundings. Don't be too hard on yourself. And then you can start moving it back. And then before you know it, you're playing off the normal tees and, you, and you're enjoying golf. 
I feel I'm still crawling though. Aren't we all? I crawled, I walked, I ran, I crawled again. You cried. <laughs> um can I give a little shout out? Yeah. You might have seen eager eyed viewers, very eagle eyed, would have maybe seen some new decoration on the shelf today. Our very own Matt, our podcast producer, editor, octopus, yep. we call him, had a little victory. Matt, have you got, uh, have you got a mic live there? Of course he has. Of course I have. Prepared, <laughs> prepared for this. Tell us about your uh, victory, Matt. Well, it's... Uh, In a short window, don't, don't go coming. crazy. Uh, well, got 30 seconds on the clock. Yeah. Yeah, been a long time coming. Felt really bad after all. TPC saw grass, so grinded. Uh, and uh, yeah, won the uh, Captain Society Day from the uh, Harford Golf Society. So thought I'd uh, add a trophy to the wall. How many Stableford points did you get? Oh, steady 43. 43 points. Yeah. Off what handicap? 14. See, he's at 14 handicap. Yeah, Correct. If he, put, if he was to put your name down with him, yeah. I mean, you might roll your eyes a little bit. Yeah, of course you would. Smart. Yeah. But you wouldn't be offended. No. A little bit offended, but I get over it quite quickly. So you shot what? What's gross score? Uh, 78. Best ever round. <laughs> wow. Well done. Best ever round maybe here at Rick, at Rick Shields' office. Yeah, I think it is. Could be. <laughs> Lowest score. Yeah. <laughs> Hall of Famer. Well done, Matt. Thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. Uh, you'll have your week of on the shelf and then it's... What's your thought on the actual trophy shield? It's not... If it was 100 years old... Yeah. 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 How, how many years has it been going for, Matt? Uh, three. Okay. Yeah, the Mister. I mean, it looks 100 years old. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. If the, if the event had been going for 100 years, then yeah. you pass it. But considering it's only been three years, and he had, he's brought it in today partly because he wanted to put it on the on Rick's shelf, and partly because he has to go to Timpson's to get it engraved himself after. <laughs> but it's nice. It's good. It's the, it's the most recent golf trophy in the office. It was very nice. Look great. Won it this look great on the desk. Wow, it's going on the desk now, right? Yeah. So this is. I mean, this is what the. I mean, whoa. Well, Daniel won it in 2020. Our Daniel. Who knows? We don't know. And then weirdly, Daniel won it in 2021. Did you just say his surname on it? Yeah, but oh, right. they're both different. Daniel's, oh, right. Wow. Daniel Bell won it in 2020. <laughs> and then Bell Matt won it this year. <laughs> and Daniel, Daniel Griffiths. What? what? Griffiths. Why can't you say that normally? <laughs> it's really hard to say. Griff, it's... Griffiths? No. I think you say it, don't you? Griff, call, it, call him Griff. Griff, it's... I think you pronounce it Griffiths, don't you? Do you not? G-R-I-F-F. Okay, Griff. Yeah. I-T-H-S. I don't know. I thought, I thought it was just Griffiths. And then John Fleet. And then Matt Noel will be on there. Very good. I mean, that... I, Maybe, maybe, maybe you should buy a new trophy for him, Matt. <laughs> maybe you should have the Rick Shields shield. And do oh, it. yeah. Shields is shield. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. Very, else? Are we good? Uh, yeah, that was good-ish. Um, How so, long was it, Matt? Uh, 50 minutes. No way. 50? Yeah. I thought it was well over an hour. I thought it was like 30 minutes. Oh, did you? All oh, right, well, different mindsets. Last thing then, last thing, and I'm, I'm not going to mention this again now, after today, never again. The review channel's coming soon. Well, uh, what should I not mention it now? Or I just think you'll definitely we'll definitely mention it again. Yeah, I know, but I'll just say we won't. We okay, will. we're never going to mention it again, but it's coming soon. And then next week, mention it again. We'll mention it again. 
but then we'll definitely say we'll never mention it again till okay. the week after. Next week's podcast, by the way, should actually be on Tuesday. You'll get good. back to your normal service. But the week after that, yeah, might be delayed. Bit, really, yeah. so, listen. It's a podcast a week at the minute. We can commit to that, I think, but it just might not always be Tuesday at the minute until we get our feet. Uh, what's our feet going to do? I don't really know what we're doing at the moment. Feet back in Luke Donald's shoes. Yeah. That's the best bet. But they're not Echo, so always buy Echo. Um, always play golf at Top Tracer. Yeah, always wear Lyle and Scott. And always go to Marriott Wersey Park. And always watch Rick Shields Golf. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for doing everything you do. <laughs> everything you do. Yeah. Bye. See you later. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 